death puts life in perspective and loss puts life into perspective. We're going to talk about that on today's podcast. Welcome to Life's Compass Podcast. I am Arturo Vanessi II, founder and host. This podcast provides insights and ideas on how to remove limiting thoughts and beliefs to design the life of your dreams through mindset coaching. Everything begins and ends with mindset, period. Change your thoughts, change your mind. But change your beliefs, transform your life. I draw from my own experiences, neuroscience, ancient writings, new thought, and more to provide tools and techniques to master the mind, manage the emotions, and manifest your dreams. On today's podcast, I'm going to discuss my personal journey and insights gained through three life-changing events of 2021. February, my mother passed away after a year-long battle with lung cancer. Next, four days after Thanksgiving, my father passed away from complications with Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's disease. And finally, four days after I lost my dad, I lost my job due to an acquisition. Sometimes I feel like I have lived many lives in 2021. Mom, my mother's cancer came back with a vengeance, February of 2020. Eight years earlier, my mother had beaten cancer. And a lot was going on in my life, and I really didn't have very much of an active role. Thank God for my parents' neighbors, who really took the brunt of the responsibility and took my mom to and from chemotherapy, stayed with her late. I did check on her, but I wasn't active as I should have been. Things changed the second time. After February of 2020, when my mom called me up and told me the horrible news, I told her I'd be there for her that I would find a way to manage my work schedule so I could take her to and from the doctor's office to the hospital. And as you know, 2020 is when COVID hit. So the early part I could stay with my mom was she was going through chemo. Then we returned back to their house and I would stay a couple nights making sure that I took care of my father who was battling Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's as well as providing for her needs. June of that year, the doctor told us things aren't working. We want to change chemo on her. And I'm very fortunate that my brother and sister-in-law are nurses. They go, this just doesn't sound right. But my mom insisted because she wanted to continue living. She had so much to live for. And one of those was being the primary caregiver for my father. Well, things got more and more difficult. I noticed that after chemo, within a couple days, she was exhausted. And we had to have the difficult conversation of what to do next. My brother has three boys. One is in grade school. Who were in high school and at that time college. And he really couldn't take mom in. And since I wasn't married, I had an apartment in Naperville. I told my parents I'd break the lease and I'd come back and stay with them. But I had no idea how quickly that day would come. Because in November, we made a choice to do in-home hospice. I broke my lease and believe it or not, the landlord made me pay two additional months. And the day I moved back home to be with my mom and dad is the day hospice started. And I like to tell you that I embraced this with a smile on my face and I was happy to do it. But it's not true. I struggled so hard helping my parents. Now that I was living with my parents 24-7, I saw how wild my dad's dementia was. I had no idea how much he had lost the ability to do things. And on top of that, the wild things that he would do, like turn on the stove and forget about it. Wake up at two o'clock in the morning demanding that somebody make him breakfast so he could go to work. Going outside in the dead of winter just with a t-shirt on. 
And once we put child-proof locks on the doors of the first floor, he tried to climb out the window. And then with COVID, people didn't come over. People that I expected to come and help out didn't. And they always use COVID as an excuse. I saw my mom struggle with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of death. She went through those painful, painful moments of why me, why now? God, you healed me before. How come you're not healing me now? All these things that she stood on, Bible verses of faith, just didn't seem to matter. Growing up, you always hear those statements. It's God's will. You have to, you've got a purpose to fulfill. God knows what he's doing. And I hate to say, but in my mom's moments of pain, I parroted that back to her. I just couldn't understand why a person of faith would struggle with death. Oh, how cruel I was. Because those statements are so hollow. They're so opinionated. They truly, truly are superficial. How could I tell my mother how to feel? This was her life, her pain, her dharma, her soul contract. Who was I to judge my mother? But that was my first response. Is this woman who had me going to a Christian school in eighth grade, taking me to church every time the door was open? How come she just couldn't believe her way to be healed? I had no idea my mom was going through a crisis of faith, a dark night of the soul. She struggled with the finality of death, but she had so much to live for. Caretaker of my dad, her grandchildren, her brothers and sisters, life. She finally had the house that she always dreamed of by a beautiful pond with her garden and her flower bed. So much to do. I would spend countless hours early in the morning talking to my mother about her struggles. And then I would go to sleep at night agonizing over her situation. I would argue with God about the same things that she told me. Why are you taking her? She is such a good person. You healed her before. Why can't you heal her again? Who's going to take care of dad? I need my mother. And then it hit me. It really hit me that no one was going to save us and that my mother was not going to be cancer. And I just cried and cried and cried because I knew what I would eventually have to do. I would eventually have to see my mother die. And I just don't know how I'm going to handle it, I thought. Because my mother's journey and so much I believed that she could beat cancer again was not going to happen. So I decided next time she wants to vent, cry, curse, laugh, be silent, whatever she wants to do, I'm just going to sit there and listen. I'm going to create a space that she feels comfortable being herself. I'm not going to try to conform her to the religious dogma that we have lived with. I'm going to let her be her. I'm no longer going to rage against God for not saving her, attacking the church for not coming here and checking on her, cursing family and friends for not showing up, or regretting that I didn't do more for my mom. Life is a series of choices. And that moment I chose to listen, to observe, to hold her hand, to nod in agreement, and to let her die with dignity. 
Choices have consequences, and sometimes these consequences can imprison us. It took me so many months to free myself of the damage I did early on taking care of my mom. The week before my mother passed, she was unable to communicate. She basically was in a coma. Hospice was here every day. They were increasing her morphine dosages. My brother and his wife were staying over here. On February 20th at 2.05 a.m., my mom transitioned. She transitioned to the other side with family there with her. My insights. Number one, loss will get you to question everything. And that's okay. Because some of the things that we believe in are lies. Just think about it. At one time, you believed in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. And you found out that it really was your mom and dad. Two, we are here to support and listen to others. Not to judge or demand they do things our way. You really do not know what's best for them. But you need to help them unlock the answers from within them. From their spirit. Three, re-examine your priorities. Make time for loved ones. Because there's no guarantee they're going to be there tomorrow. And fourth, death of a loved one is final. You cannot turn back time. You cannot tell them that you love them and how much they mean to you because you have lost that. And it's so important to realize death is final on this earthly plane. My dad, a completely different story. My dad has been struggling with Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's for about seven to eight years. My relationship with him is completely different than my mother. Conversations with my dad have always been focused on work, making money, saving money, and providing for the family. That's the generation he grew up in. It was all about work. When I moved back home in 2019, like I said earlier, I got to see really how wild my dad's dementia was. And I would fight with him time and time again to do things the right way. To not turn on the stove. To not go outside in the cold. To take his medicine. To leave mom alone. To let her die in peace. It was a constant struggle. Sometimes I was so, so disrespectful to him. But I didn't know what else to do. Because school doesn't teach you this. The only way you learn this is through life. And it was such a difficult, difficult time. I'll never forget that I heard voices about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and I got up and found my father in the living room with my mother and the nurse. My mother had called the nurse from the hospice to come and be with her. And I was like, this is some horrible nightmare. Because all this time I was taking care of my mother and father, I was still working full time. I was heavily invested in Toastmasters. I still found a way to do that. But I wish I would have gone to a support group to where people could have given me tools and techniques to navigate this. Finally, in frustration, I was talking to a friend of mine at Toastmasters and she told me, Arturo, that's not your father. That's the disease talking. That's the disease resisting you. That's the disease fighting with you. That's the disease that is fighting with your mother. And everything changed. I thought this whole time I'm fighting with the man who's not himself. 
And after my mother passed, within 30 days, my dad went to a nursing home. It's so difficult to think when I really had a conversation with my father. Because he's been struggling with Lewy body dementia for so long that I could never talk to him like I talked to my mother. But I promised my mother on her deathbed that I would see my father every week. And I did that. And he was so disruptive when he first went to the nursing home. He just didn't understand it. He always wanted to leave, and I would take him for walks up and down the hallways over and over, sometimes for 30 minutes. And I had to realize my dad was no longer going to get better. He was only going to get worse. And sure enough, over the summer, my father started falling. His Parkinson's got worse and worse that his knees were locked up. And the only way that he could turn was literally to hop and move in a different direction. And that just was horrible to see him like that. Other times I would go in there and he'd have food stains all over his shirt and his pants because his Parkinson's was so bad he couldn't hold a fork to eat properly. Then he fell, and this time it was bad. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, my father fell and broke his hand. My brother had called me. He was at work. He couldn't go. So I quickly got together and went to the hospital. I thought, oh, I'll just be there for a couple hours. They're going to release my dad. No, this was going to be the end. My father had a neck brace on and his right hand was completely wrapped up. And because of his Louis body dementia, he was in a rage to get that neck brace off. They almost had to restrain him in the emergency room. The nurse told me they were going to need to calm him down and give him a shot before they brought him in to get a CT scan. When my father returned back to the emergency room, he had violent tremors. I would literally call them seizures. His body literally shook violently. I thought he was going to flip out of the bed. I could not believe how it was. I went and got the nurses. They had no idea what was going on. He went through a series of tests that day, and they still couldn't identify what it was. They thought it could be an infection. It could have been a reaction to the medication. It could be the lack of his primary medication. Finally, the ER doctor told me there's really nothing more you can do for him. We're going to... Check him into the hospital and you can come and see him the next day. So I went home emotionally battered. All the way home I thought to myself, how in the hell can this happen again? Our second holiday ruined by my parents' illness. And then I caught myself. Why am I making this about me? Didn't I learn something from my mother's transition? That it's about them. But with human nature, sometimes it's hard to see that. It's so hard to see things from another person's perspective, and I struggled with that. I woke up the following morning to find two voicemail messages, one from the hospital, one from my brother. The dad was now in the ICU. I couldn't believe it. I went to the hospital, and he was hooked up to all these devices, even a device to help him breathe. He was still having those tremors. Things got worse. After Thanksgiving, he had to transition into hospice. And this hospital in particular has a hospice unit. And they came there to take care of my dad. And he was in so much pain. And unlike my mother, there was no way to have a conversation with him. So I would hold his hand, take a moment to whisper in his ear that I loved him, that I'm here for him, and that one day he's going to see mom very, very soon. And my father finally transitioned on Monday, November 29th, at 10.25 a.m. with his family at his side. Insights. I discovered the strength of family. 
this whole ordeal brought my brother and I together greater than before. Number two, life is not out to destroy you, but to transform you. That there was a purpose for all this craziness I was going through. Three, parents raise you the way they were raised. I cannot be critical of my father being so focused on only on work. Because that's why he was raised. Four, events in life are all predestined. You cannot change them, but you will grow from them. My job. I have spent the last 10 years as a sales and leadership trainer. I have loved my job. It has given me a chance to influence the next generation of leaders. All of that came to an abrupt end when our organization got acquired. I did not think I was going to lose my job. Come on, man. I am an in-demand, highly respected trainer. At one time, I was training about 80% of our classes. But it all ended. Life is not guaranteed. Change happens. Endings happen. And I'm going to say that again. Endings happen. I was so blessed with the experience. I impacted so many people. And most of all, so many people impacted me. It was an honor to serve. Now I must discover my new place to serve. Insights, number one. When things change, you need to let go and move on. Number two, there is an overarching plan for your life that will lead to change. You may not see the signs that it's time to move on, but life will move you on. Three, no one can save you. This is your life, your story, your movie, your situation. You are either the victim or the victor. Choose your role and choose it wisely. Four, I must be agile and adapt to life. Just recently, I've had an opportunity to finally mourn my losses. I was fortunate to participate in a grief seminar sponsored by the Unity Church online. I posted my situation in the chat box and the panel offered their advice. I was so honored and humbled to have them give me insights into my situation. A final takeaway. Love and support can come from various sources. You must always be open to receive it. Remember, no matter how great the loss, you can and will get through it. Your life does not end, but your life will be transformed. Surrender to the pain, mourn the loss, and then let it go. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Let your spirit guide you. Thank you for taking time to listen to this episode. In the comments section, let me know your thoughts. If this is your first time tuning in, I encourage you to subscribe to the show so you will not miss an episode. Social media information, Twitter, at Arturo Venecia. A-R-T-U-R-O-V as in Victor, E-N-E-C as in Charles, I-A. Facebook, My Life's Compass Coaching. Personal website, ArturoVenecia.com, all one word. You can email me at Arturo at ArturoVenecia.com. Also check out my Insight Timer and YouTube channel. I just want to end with this. All that you desire is possible. It all begins and ends with your mindset. I work with individuals to remove limiting thoughts and beliefs to design their life for their dreams through mindset coaching. Email me to receive my free transformational process guide. Blessings always.